overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hi, welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Tonight we have a guest, Caroline Reddick. Hey, Caroline. Hi. And Laura's here too. <laughs> Sure is <laughs> in all of her glory. <laughs> hey, Caroline. So we have met, sort of. I think we kind. I, honestly, you know, you we, when we met or when you walked into my house and I tried to leave you with my strange dog and stranger <laughs> husband. Um, we had said uh, we didn't know if we had officially met. Like I knew who you were and you knew who I was, but I'm wondering if I know who you were because you have talked to me, like, from the podcast, like, like, j- just, like, coming up to me and saying stuff about the podcast or commenting on the podcast. I think that may have been how yes. we have sort of we, known who we each have other. have spoken about the podcast specifically yes, at but, church. Yes. Yes. But other than that, I don't know if we have known each other before. Is that true? That's probably true. And then I left you briefly with Laura while I was blow drying my hair. Mm-hmm. Do you and Laura know each other? We're best friends now. <laughs> Not prior to tonight, but like I said, I feel like I already know you guys just because I've been listening so much, so I feel like we're already best friends. Well, we're really excited to have you here. And I I, I kind of feel like a celebrity when you say that. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> just, I you should. Like, you should. Like Very celebrity popular. status, which is why I'm doing this, really, is for celebrity of all of our 39 listeners. <laughs> right <laughs> uh, well I don't know you okay but I'm hoping to remedy that soon so tell us about yourself okay um I grew up in Dallas and went to A&M Woo! yeah um, I think I was there about the same time as Pastor Aaron I can't remember exactly but I was there I think the same within time a year or two Aaron. maybe of each other um I'm married to Kelsey and we have two kids Olivia and Noah Olivia is four and Noah is nine just turned nine and my daughter has a friend, Noah, who is a girl. Is oh. Noah a girl or a boy? Noah is a boy. Okay. I have never known a girl, Noah. N-O-A is her name. Oh, no, I feel no like H. It's a, yeah. Anyway, I was curious. Okay. Nope. The He's traditional a boy. Noah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was a teacher before in former life, and I taught in Richardson. And then I was a science specialist for the district, so I... Wrote curriculum and led staff developments and mentored new teachers and just kind of a little bit of everything. Um, so that was what I did. Now I stay home and I kind of feel like I'm getting to be a teacher again because mm-hmm. we just have started homeschooling. So, oh, wow. God bless you. <laughs> so I'm kind of getting to exercise my teacher brain in a whole mm-hmm. new way that I haven't used in about, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> um, so you're, you're nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. You said nine and... Four. Four. So your nine-year-old has been in traditional school. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just started homeschooling. Yes. That's a big decision. It's a big decision. But it has been amazing. We have really loved it. It's been better than I 
even thought it would be. So, mm-hmm. so far, I mean, we're only a few weeks in, but um, so far it's been really great. What cool. led, what led you to, to do that? Um, I mean, there's so many factors really. It was, um, a lot of things. <laughs> I feel like say a lot do, of things. <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on education. Sure. Yeah. Education right. system. So I, I relate to those factors, but I also am aware that I don't have the, um, patience or intellect to homeschool. Well, I will say my nine-year-old is extremely compliant, mm. and so he's very easy. And my four-year-old is the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. So whether or not I have the gumption or whatever mm-hmm. to homeschool her, yes. it's a whole different story. She's going to preschool, and I'm not really doing anything with her other mm-hmm. than just if she happens to hop up while we're doing something, kind of including her, but I'm not mm-hmm. forcing it at all. Or So I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I have it with him because he's like a model student, super, mm. like just wants to please, wants to do everything I ask. Oh, that's wonderful. So it's been great, but. I would um, love for you to tell me someday what that's like to have a child <laughs> like that. Yeah. It, it's a good feeling, I but like I, I feel the other pain too. I, mean, I feel my other like one's that's polar my description opposite. of Lydia sometimes, but not with me. That is not. Oh, how, yeah. right. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't have like, one that cares she about doesn't. Me. She doesn't just toe the line with me. No. She does it with everyone else. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool. And you said you grew up in Dallas. Yes. Where'd you go to high school? Um, Brian Adams. Okay. DISD. Wow. <laughs> True DISD. Yeah. So, um, Wait, yeah. How, so how old are you? 29. 29. No. <laughs> yeah, I am 39. too. I'm 29 too. <laughs> oh my gosh, you weren't kidding. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> In my head, I was thinking 39, and now actually, I think it's 38 because it's no, I'm 38, <laughs> oh and I've gosh. only had like two sips of this. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't know my I age. Too. All I want to be 29 too. So I'm just gonna yeah. throw that out there. You, I, you said I it meant, with confidence. I only meant that as a disguise. <laughs> it was not. It was yeah. You know, I believed you. Yeah. I believed you. I feel like the wrinkles in my forehead, people would say, no, not possible. I actually believed you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Except that she told me that she had gone She had gone to A&M. The same time as past Yeah, so that doesn't match up. And having no. a nine-year-old means you would have started real young. Yeah, no, I'm not 29. Not anymore. I wish I was 29, yeah, but I am, great. in fact, not 29. So. And I asked you this before. Um, how long have you been at DBC? We have been there about five years. Um... Yeah. And you informed me that you were there pre-renovation mm-hmm. and pre-Aaron. Yes. Okay. We were there before they renovated, before we went to the Messianic Jewish Temple. and um, Y'all went to the Messianic Jewish... Mm-hmm. Wait, did the church meet there or yeah. y'all went... during the renovation. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. On um, Beltline and between Hillcrest and Preston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we went through all of that. It was kind of... It was at the very, very tail, tail end of hell. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've kind of been there a long time. And where do you serve at DBC? Um, so we serve one uh, one week a month in the third grade class, and then um, I kind of made up a role position thingamajigger at, at church where I kind of became a social coordinator for our grade level. I guess um, just approached thing with an idea of trying to. Um, get the families together and 
maybe form a little deeper connection between the kids and the parents and mm, cool. the whole nine yards. So um, he loved it. And I said, you know, I have no idea if this is going to even be something people want, but maybe we can kind of pilot it in third grade and at the time second grade. But um, and if it does seem to be effective, maybe some other grade levels would do it. So um, I just started sending out a monthly email saying, you know, here's some things if anybody wants to do it, like a mom's night out, or we started with a um, big taco night at my house and ended up having like 65 people. Oh, oh wow. How great. <laughs> um, and we did a pool party at the end of the year and we did a mom and daughter um, Bible study for the girls and a father-son Bible study for the boys over the summer. Um, so just kind of tried to That's really do neat. something to further the fellowship and community within and that, that's level. so cool because it's kind of like what we have been talking about. One of the things that Laura and I love about Dow's Bible is just giving up people an opportunity to serve mm -hmm. where they have a heart to serve. And sometimes that means inventing something like a mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they do. They want to give you wings um, to do that. I love that specifically because one of the reasons we started going to Dallas Bible was for our kids mm -hmm. that it was it felt like a community church we knew that there would be kids that lived close to us and mm -hmm. we wanted our kids to have friends mm -hmm. specifically church friends and if there was some overlap of church and school great but we i wanted them to have some friends just from church so i think that's really neat that you would want to facilitate friendships between the parents but also that those kids would make those connections just outside of just sunday yes and especially in that third grade class I and mean, I think maybe it's getting to be the case in all of the classes in elementary but they're just so huge mm. I mean they're just exploding at the seams and so it seems even harder to get to really know mm -hmm. other kids and other parents because there's so many of them mm -hmm. so it just seemed like a way to um, be able to foster a little deeper connection mm -hmm. than just what 30 kids can get crammed in and on a Sunday morning all together. I didn't realize it was that big. Oh, my goodness. I mean, on a good Sunday. Is that a second? Are you second service? Mm -hmm. Or, okay. Yeah, second service. I mean, I, I don't know the exact number, but I would guess there lot. have been Sundays where there have been about 30 kids in that class. So it's a big, big group. We're coming from a church that met in a school, so 10 kids is a lot to us. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of how we ended up at DBC. We were at a nameless mega church in Dallas. <laughs> nameless mega church. <laughs> And, um, church.com. Yes. <laughs> and, um, it, it was kind of hard for all of us, but I think especially for my now nine year old, because there were so many services and so many people mm -hmm. in each service. And so he just hated going, even though the kids mm -hmm. program was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it was just too much. Like there were never yeah. the same kids there or there were the same teachers there. Every single Sunday mm -hmm. was completely different starting all the way over. Um, on getting to know people. And so mm -hmm. I think it was just really hard for him. Um, and so when we moved up into this neck of the woods and we didn't really want to make the far drive to the big nameless church anymore, anyhow, we're like, well, there's a church, right? I mean, we could mm -hmm. throw a stone at it. We could walk if we wanted, mm -hmm. not that we ever have, mm -hmm. but we could. And so, um, we're like, we should at least try it. And when, um, we went in and it was so small, we were just on, just floored by how tiny it was in a good way mm -hmm. that like when somebody says, Hey, see you next Sunday. Like mm -hmm. I might actually see them again mm -hmm. or the greeters are actually greeters, mm -hmm. not just crowd control. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
we we loved that it was small and I do feel like it's grown a lot, which is, you know, good and bad, but mm-hmm. the negative is that I feel like it is harder to connect. So yes. the goal was to try to foster connection. So how do you think God has uniquely gifted you? Um, Wait, you skipped one. You didn't ask how she came to know Jesus. She told me not. I feel. I feel. I feel boxed in, Caroline, because I was because of the order of questions. I thought we were supposed to to wait. No, there was another one we were supposed to wait on. Oh, did I wait on it? Yes. No, I thought those blended together. Anyway, we're just going with it. They don't have to be in order. How did you know? How did you come to know Jesus? And. Once you knew him, how did he uniquely gift you? Okay. Not that he didn't uniquely gift you before. <laughs> Was how you came to know Jesus one of the questions we were delaying? No. I'm perfect. just, I'm messing my brain up. Yeah. No, oh, I'm ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I feel, this is another thing I've enjoyed with the podcast is how many people, because for some reason I was thinking I was kind of alone in this, like don't really have a date Mm-hmm. So hearing how many people are like, I don't really know when mm-hmm. has given me a lot of comfort because I was like, I don't, I don't have a date. I wish I had a date I'm trying to create a date for my kids. Like we're going to mm-hmm. remember this day forever because I don't remember my date. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like sometime in my early childhood, um, I mean, I remember being at a VBS and them saying, who wants to say the prayer and me saying it. And I remember thinking like, I really meant it at the time. I really mm-hmm. feel like I meant it. So I feel like that. To me, it was probably pretty early if when I trusted Jesus. If there was a date Jesus. to that, that's the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that would be the date, and I would say, I don't know, second grade or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but my family just, they didn't really value church, maybe is the right way to say mm-hmm. it. So our church attendance was very spotty. Not that your relationship has to do with your church attendance, mm-hmm. but um, it just was very... You're like, also not totally unrelated. unrelated yeah that's true <laughs> yes so we would go for a little while to a church and then something would happen that they wouldn't like and so we'd stop going for a long time and then they'd kind of decide we need to be going to church why haven't we been to church and so we'd start church hopping and we'd you know bounce around for a while which being somewhat of an introvert mm. or a super introvert probably <laughs> um, was never fun for me to be starting over and brand mm. new people every time. And so I never really enjoyed it because it was just always new and always, you know, people I didn't know. And um, so we finally, they finally find a church they liked and we'd go for a little while and then, you know, the whole cycle would start over. So um, it was just kind of a, like I, I believed it, but I don't feel like it ever really grew or mm. I don't know. It just, kind of was maybe a little was. stagnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I believed in Jesus, but there was maybe always a part of me that thought, did I just pray that prayer because I'm a people pleaser and I wanted mm-hmm. to do what they were, you know, mm-hmm. clearly they wanted us to say, yes, I want to say the prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always a part of me that was like, did I really mean it? Did I just do it because I felt like I had to? Um, and then in high school, I got pretty involved in young life. And so again, I felt like I was, you know, fully believing and wanting to study the Bible and, Mm. um, you know, really, I don't know. I, I really did feel super, um, Oh, what's the word? I felt like that my faith was very genuine in that Mm. moment, but still there was just this constant like struggle with, I don't even, I guess just sin. I mean, Mm. you know, just flesh and sin. And so, um, that was all through high school 
doing Young Life, but still, I don't want to say living a double life, but, you know, kind of at times felt like that, where I'd go to the Young Life. Were you a little bit of a born player? <laughs> I don't think I was a born player, only because I had a long-term boyfriend in, in high school. But you may but, have frequented Bears tattooed in? No, no frequenting of any tattoo ends, no. Um, but definitely, you know, just, I don't know, you too wrapped you, up in fleshly yes. things, mm-hmm. maybe, is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to college, and I had a potluck roommate who was a kind of amazing Christian and just, you know, would sit on her bed and read her Bible and study it and like highlight it. And I don't even know what she was doing, but I was just like, whoa, you're reading your Bible just because you want to, not because you were told to, or, um, I mean, that whole concept was really kind of foreign Mm -hmm. to me, which now, you know, several years later seems silly to think that I didn't really know you should study your Bible now or you should read in my late 20s seems <laughs> at the wise old age of 29. <laughs> um, yes. So I, I don't know. I just was really fascinated by her, I guess. And um, during that freshman year, I broke up with my high school boyfriend. And so I think I was just kind of searching for, I don't know, what, what to do with the hurt, what to do with mm. how I felt about everything and just the word turn. And I kind of put all my eggs in that basket of that was who I spent most of my high school time with. And so I didn't really have a lot of people to reach out to. And so I kind of just latched onto her and was like, you know, take me with you to church. Show me how to do this thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that time, I feel like I really did. Maybe it was my it was the time it was the most genuine. Mm. It felt like it was in high school, but by the time I got to college, I was like, I think I still was just, I don't know. It still didn't really feel completely mine Mm -hmm. until I got to college. And then, um, when I went with her, I started going to church regularly and just learning so much and going to break away the big giant Bible Mm -hmm. study there. And, um, that's a huge Bible study at A&M. Huge. Yeah. I've been in Texas long enough to know. Okay. Um, so did all of the things with her and just learned a lot and actually chose to be baptized, which was really significant for me because mm-hmm. I did always have that, like, what if I didn't do it? What if I didn't mean it? What if I was doing it for someone else? And so by that point, I was old enough to know that I was choosing to be mm-hmm. baptized. Were you double baptized? I was not. I had oh. never been baptized. Oh, wow. Mm-mm. Okay. So I, I was I choosing. was double baptized, but I was a cat, like, I was baptized as a kid, as a, kid, baby. As a baby when yeah. I was Catholic. Yeah. And then also, no, I had never been baptized. Coach. That felt like something you pursued, you yes. wanted to profess your faith. Right. So that felt, yeah, exactly. That felt like, okay, I can be finally be sure. I don't mm-hmm. have to question anymore. Like I can hang my hat on this date, even mm-hmm. if one of those other dates was not as true as it mm-hmm. felt in my head. Um, and so in that time period, and that was pretty early in college, maybe my into my freshman, early sophomore year, maybe. Um, and so for the rest of college, it felt like a very safe Christian bubble for back, mm. lack of a better word. Um, you know, the only people I knew went to church regularly, prayed regularly, studied their Bible for fun, you know, watched PG movies. Nobody was cussing. Nobody was watching bad movies. Nobody was partying. So it was a very safe spot. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> one of my friends tells a story about how when one of my good friends from college tells a story about how she went on a beach weekend to um with some other uh, 
Christian girls from mm-hmm. college and the movie that they chose to watch on this, like, you know, think think like spring break, like, woohoo, college co-eds. Um, but it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> they watched the movie Anastasia. <laughs> the bee-kid movie. Anastasia. <laughs> Sounds super fun. I yeah. thought your edit alert was going to be that whenever I'm feeling somewhat convicted about some trashy television show I'm watching, I always know the Denny's have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I don't believe I'd have told <laughs> All right. Sorry, you got a double edit alert. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's totally false. We watch PG movies. I'm sure you too. Anastasia all the way around. Anastasia. <laughs> um... So you were starting to notice that there was a difference in these girls around you. Oh, yes, that it was a very safe Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was all fine and good until summers. And I would go home, and there was no safe Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, again, didn't grow up reading my Bible, didn't grow up praying, didn't really grow up with a family that did. Though my parents were, are Christians, Mm -hmm. but that was just, um, I don't want to say they're Christian by name only, but... It felt that way at the mm-hmm. time. Like I didn't see my parents reading their Bible and studying their Bible. We didn't mm-hmm. pray regularly. We might have prayed occasionally here and there, mm-hmm. but for the most part, none of that was really important. And so, um, therefore, none of my friends were church friends. None of my friends were people who were doing any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I had a very double life at that point. Mm-hmm. It felt like because it and at A and M, it was super easy to do exactly the things that I wanted to do. Like at that Mm. point I was fully in. And so I really wanted to study my Bible and pray and do all these things for God. But inevitably I'd go home for the summer and none of those people were there. And it was like, I could sit home alone by my parents' house or I can go try to be around all these things and not Mm. be involved, which, you know, never really works. Mm. So, um, it just continued to be this every single summer. By the end of the summer, I'd go back and be like, okay, it's a fresh start. I'm going to get everything. I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to start back. I'm going to do all the right things. I'm not going to do any of that stuff from the summer. Like It's going to be a whole mm-hmm. new me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it usually was for most of the school year. But then the summer would come again, and it would just be right back to where I had left off the summer before. So um, it was just a very strange time because um and I wrote it down because I don't know my bible well enough to just quote it but um the verse in Romans where he says um I can't find it there it is for what I am doing I do not understand for I'm not practicing what I would like to do but I'm doing the very thing I hate Mm. like now I'm gonna get teary Mm. that was just like I mean I cannot even think of the number of times I prayed that prayer of like, why can I not get it together? Um, it was a really confusing time for your, for your faith. And especially being, I know that you started believing when you were young, but to be new in that kind of faith and to finally have this moment that you hang your hat on of going, this is real, this yeah. is mine. And then to start questioning. Yeah. And why I think I, I thought I in my mind, like once I once I knew for sure, mm. everything would just be different. Mm-hmm. Like none of the things I'd struggled with before would creep in. Mm-hmm. There would be this like defining moment where mm-hmm. suddenly sin was no more, and mm-hmm. I just 
automatically did everything that God would want. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely wanted to. And that was the heart bar. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like, I didn't care. Um, But I just could not seem to get it together. There, um, you know, we, we can't, we can't, we can't have a, a episode without mentioning the Enneagram. Uh, I, I looked it up and like wrote it down because I figured that would come up at some point. <laughs> but there, uh, in one of the first couple of chapters in The Road Back to You, Ian Cron talks about, um, like Christianity and how, and in in early like early in your faith you you might be trying to like you might be trying to be a good christian um but that but that it's it's really not something that we do but something that god does to us Mm -hmm. and the harder we try the more we fail and it's really about submitting to god Mm -hmm. and god changing us Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're not alone in that experience of trying mm-hmm. to trying to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody fails mm-hmm. trying to be better. Yeah, yeah, and I think the perfectionist in me really didn't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted to mm-hmm. pull myself up by my bootstraps and try really hard and be and be good at it. Like I wanted to be the Christian that I saw in my roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want it to happen overnight. Like, I didn't have to work at it. <laughs> I didn't want God to have to bring me through hard things to get to that person. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be that person. Um, so, after college, um, <laughs> do another edit alert while I cry some more. <laughs> <laughs> I do another one. Um, after, yeah, no, I, I, I was about to launch in. Yeah. You go for it. I'm going to keep going. Just okay. keep crying. I'll cry um, with you in a minute. So, after college... It kind of felt like a little bit of a, you know, something's going to happen here. Like, it's either going to go really good or really bad because I no Mm -hmm. longer have that, like, safe haven to escape to. So either I'm going to figure this out or I'm just going to, like, spiral into Mm -hmm. a bad place. And I wish I could say I figured it all out. You figured it out and everything's been peachy (laughs) since. Right, exactly. But that is not the case. So, um... Um... So I found myself in an extremely unhealthy, abusive relationship, and um, kind of just didn't want to face God. I just kind of wanted to be like, you know what, I failed yet again, I can't take the failure, so just clearly this isn't working out between you and I, you know, like, Mm. I'm a disappointment, you're better off just leaving me be, I clearly can't get it together, Um, and so I kind of just put him at arm's length. It was just like, I know what I'm doing is wrong. I know this is terribly unhealthy and sinful, but I just can't, I can't try any harder and keep failing. So just forget it. Um, and so I just kind of spiraled deeper and deeper. And, um, something I wrote in my call in my Bible in college that you would think would have prevented this from happening, but (laughs) just rings more true as I look back on it was, um, Sin will take you farther, have you all heard this, mm-hmm. than you ever thought you would stray, keep you longer than you ever thought you would stay, and cost you more than you ever thought you would pay. Mm. <clears throat> We're all Israelites, aren't we? <laughs> Sometimes when I read the stories in the Old Testament with the Israelites, I'm like, what is wrong with right. you? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, Why are you doing out? this? Why can't you mm-hmm. figure it out? And then it's like, you find yourself, It's because, because that's 
That is the that is the human condition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I loved that verse in Romans because it was like, oh, Paul's like he's a big enough Christian to be in the Bible and he felt that way. Like mm-hmm. I want to do better well, but I a, can't do it. He he calls himself the chief of sinners. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that verse was always just like, okay, it's, I'm not allowed in this. I can give him a run for Other the money people. though. <laughs> Other people you think feel you're the, same. the chief, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> Have you met no. me? <laughs> um so anyhow, I kind of just put God at arm's length and just said, you know what, this is just not working out. Like, I can't do it. What you're asking is too much, clearly, because I can't manage. Um, and so he just pretty much said, nope, you're going to face this one way or another. And so brought me to a place of what I would say was, in a way, the lowest of lows, but in a way not, because like with everything that God does, it had a purpose and I can see all of that now, but, um, I was pregnant. Mm. I'm married (laughs) and pregnant. So, um, to a man who was horrible and abusive and and in a terrible relationship. So it was a very not good situation and I was a teacher, so I didn't really have enough money to even really be on my own. Um, but I kind of tried to make it work thinking that's what a good Christian should do. You should get married to the baby's father and you should mm. try to make it work and he needs a dad and, um, you know, all that thing that we tell ourselves, like it just, it's going to have to work out somehow. Mm. Um, so we stayed together until, um, my son was about a year old and, um, I guess I should say in that time when I found out, first found out I was pregnant there was definitely a moment of, I can't, this can't be happening. Like, mm. I can't keep this baby. This is crazy. Mm. Like, I can't be a, a mother out of wedlock. Like, this mm. is such an obvious, blatant sin. Like, every other people's sins are so quiet and behind mm. doors and nobody knows. But, yeah. yes, but I'm going to be this giant nine-month pregnant person walking around with no mm. ring on my finger. And there's no way to hide that. Mm. Um, so there was definitely a moment. And I I praise God that it was a brief moment that I thought, I can't do this. Like, there's mm. this this isn't going to be able to happen. Um, but thankfully it wasn't a thought that lasted long enough for me to really pursue it. Somehow Mm. I just woke up another day and was like, no, I will do it. I don't know how, Mm. (laughs) but, um, somehow I'm going to have this baby and it's just going to be what it'll be. And God's going to have to just show up in a big way. Hence the question, (laughs) when has God showed up in a big way? Um, and so we stayed together until he was about a year old. And then, um, about that time we had a big fight and he was being terrible and so I just thought you know what I can't let my son grow up in this he's mm-hmm. gonna if he this is what he sees his whole life then he's going to be abusive himself and so um, when I look back I realized that maybe that's what I needed to get out of the relationship maybe mm-hmm. I would have never left had it not been for that motherly instinct kicking in mm-hmm. of like you can do this to me, but you can't mm-hmm. ruin him. And mm-hmm. if he sees this, um, he's going to be this. And I don't want him to be this way. Um, so I left, and it was ugly and nasty and complicated and a mess, <laughs> as sin usually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we moved in with my parents until I could get back on my feet. And um, he didn't see the baby at all. So... Mm-hmm. That was good, actually. Um, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a relationship that I wanted to foster at all. So um, the fact that he just kind of dropped off the planet kind of worked out for everyone's best interest. Mm-hmm. 
and um, when Noah was two and a half or so, I met my now husband, Kelsey, and we got married, you know, dated for a year, then we got married, and um, by the end of that year, we got married, Kelsey adopted Noah, so mm. oh, within that one year, we all became the Reddicks, mm. because Kelsey and I got married, and Noah got adopted, and his name changed to Reddick as well, and so... God took something that was a complete and utter mess <laughs> from start to finish and um, did really use it for good. I mean, I really think that in a way he kind of saved my life, mm -hmm. Noah. Mm. So even though at the time it seemed like the worst possible thing, obviously as a mom, you wouldn't change anything. I mean, I'm so glad I have him and love him to pieces and can't imagine my life without him um, and think that that's probably what it took to get me mm -hmm. out of that situation. It is amazing how God breathes things back to life. Mm -hmm. Like just what seems desolate and mm -hmm. dead and like the end. Yeah. And then he just mm -hmm. puffs on it. Yeah. And there it comes back and makes it beautiful. Mm -hmm. And especially because I had always wanted to be a wife and a mother. Like that was mm -hmm. always, I've never been super career oriented. It's never been like it's a dream of mine to be super career, you know, mm -hmm. like, move up the ladder and I always wanted to be a wife and I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and so in that moment as a single mom and a teacher with you know no child support it felt like well that's clearly never going to happen mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm never gonna get to stay home I'm never gonna have any more kids I'm never gonna find a good man um and so to see where we are now and I have God's an amazing husband I have another child now that I did get to stay home with from the time she was born. Um, and it's literally the exact life that I would have wanted. Mm. <laughs> Which is just crazy. I mean, mm. to think that in that moment, how far that seemed from possible. It's just, I still pinch myself and think, how on earth, God, <laughs> mm. did you take that and turn it into this? He knows how to give good gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... That is both how I came to God, <laughs> to Jesus, and how he did a big thing. Because mm -hmm. in that time, if there was any question of my faith, it was strongly tested. And it was, I mean, I had to rely on him. I had nothing else mm -hmm. to hang my hope on. And so, I mean, I had to just turn fully to God and say, I don't know how this is ever going to be okay, but... I'm just going to trust you because I have no other choice. I mean, there's literally nothing else that I can hope is going to fix the situation. Mm -hmm. um, so in that time, I started to see the value of church and the value of studying my Bible and the value of praying because it was what was keeping me alive, keeping my head above water. Mm. Um, so it became a little bit less of a, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? I don't. I, it's not natural to pray. It's not natural to study the Bible and I don't have any of these spiritual disciplines that I'm like solidly equipped with but in desperation you figure it out mm. and so it, it is it is sort of funny and I again like not in the glib sort of like you know we want to relive these tragic things that happen um but it is it is sort of amazing I remember um when I'm, I probably talk about Dr. Pine, Bob Pine, um, all the time, was one of my professors in seminary. 
and I remember he said that he always prayed for his kids that they would have just, just enough struggle um, to rely on God, but not so much that it crushed their spirits. Mm. And I, I like. I don't think even then, although I had had some, I had had some blows even then, but I don't think I realized what a great prayer that is, mm-hmm. um, and what a what a what a mercy it is of God to allow some of those things to happen, mm-hmm. some of those heartbreaks to happen, because we get. We get to feel His presence. We get to rely on Him. Mm-hmm. We are forced to our knees. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the faith you can live on. Mm-hmm. Like, the the kind that you can't live on is the one that never... Gets tested. The, the one that never gets tested. Mm-hmm. The one that's never sucker punched. Yeah. Like... You you can't that does that that will not help you when the bad days right. come and the and, bad days will come and it was I mean it was what I was asking for but I just didn't want it that way it was what mm. I was seeing in my roommate not that she necessarily I mean I don't really know if she had had it because of the bad situation though her parents were divorced so maybe that was part of it but um it was like I was looking at her going I want that God but give it to me the super easy gentle way mm-hmm. like don't drag me <laughs> through the mud to get to get there I just want to be that person that relies on you and depends on you and studies your mm-hmm. word and, you know, wants to know you and wants to talk to you. But I wanted it in a different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want it to be this hard. But in hindsight, I mean, it's... He probably knows what we need to get us to come to him. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. <laughs> he um, might know. He might know a thing or two about us in that realm. Um and I mean, my husband knows this, that I, I don't know that I would have really been interested in him had I not come through some of that. Like that was, that gave me a whole different lens in which to see mm. men in general. And so I think that if I had met my husband when I was 29. <laughs> <laughs> so just yesterday. Yeah, just if I had just <laughs> met him, then I probably wouldn't have really considered him much. But after being drugged through the mud, just things were different. Priorities were different. And so, um, I mean, I, I guess I'm thankful for the, what I went through to get to this point because I don't think I would have met my husband and wouldn't have my second child had that not been part of my story. So as hard as it is to relive, it's still a story that, I mean, I feel like you can't really take out because so much of who I am today is because of that. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that with yeah, us. I know that's like you. a hard story to tell. Yeah. But I do think that's one of those ones that like is probably really helpful for other people because they've some other people have lived that too. Yeah. Yeah. They're familiar with mm-hmm. that um, Israelite dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I, yeah, I think that um, like we were talking before, those those big stories that you kind of feel like you're ripping your heart out and showing it to people yeah. to, to share. It feels really vulnerable, but I think that's what highlights God in the mm-hmm. biggest way. And, um, you know, I love that you said you knew after college, this is either going to go really, really good, and I can I can walk the walk that I know I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. walking, or I'm going to spiral. Yeah. And that God could have used both of those yeah. ways of going, but that, that your spiral still became something really, really beautiful. Yeah. And... 
your willingness to share it shows that it's over. Yeah. You know, you're redeemed. That's washed away. And um, God said it right. And I think that was the biggest carrot in doing the podcast is it's not that I don't want people to know. It's just not a fun story to tell. So mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I can just direct people to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to share the story. It's a little too emotional. So here's the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, that, if I can be brave enough to share it once, mm-hmm. then maybe I can spare having to go into all the nitty gritty so much down the future. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but in my head, that's like me to talk well, about. Well, then maybe it kind of takes some of the power out of that. Like, yeah. Um, but I definitely think that that's an encouraging story for people just because I, even if it's, even if it's not that story, right. just we have all been a place that seemed dark. We have all been in a place that seemed that there was no hope. Right. And that we had gotten to the end of a very frayed rope. Right. And, um, and, and, and just knowing that God is bigger than the mess we create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For some reason, when I hear, but God, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. how Aaron always says it, or if it, I don't know where it comes from, but I can't like see that without the Bible. Thinking, but <laughs> God, but like slow it down, right. but God. That's and that's how I think with the story. It was like, it was a hot mess. I was a mess. Everybody in it was a mess. It's a transition. But God, he like it. he did it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how, and I, <laughs> I don't want to question it, but Mm -hmm. he managed to take something that was just a complete mess and redeem it. And I think, too, at that point when I just felt like, I just need you to stay away. Like, I just need to keep you at arm's length because I just can't take failing anymore. And I keep trying and it's not working. So clearly this is just not meant to be. He could have. Like, he could Mm -hmm. have just left me there and been like, you know what? Fine. You don't want to do this anymore? Fine. Um, But I really see what happened after that with getting pregnant as him pursuing me and saying, Mm -hmm. nope, you're going to face this. Mm -hmm. We're going to fix this thing. We're going to get you turned around. You're going to need me. You're going to want me again. And so, and that way it feels like a love story of, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to get you back into where you need to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is, that's, that, um, I love that. I love that part of the story, like where you're holding him at, at arm's length. I, I, not that that's like the best part of the story, but I, I do love that because I know what that's like. I know what that's like. And it's, um, it, it's like, it's amazing the tenderness that he shows, like, mm-hmm. because you, you are pushing, you're pushing the distance there because you don't believe you're redeemable. Mm-hmm. You're pushing the distance there because you believe like you've messed up too much. Mm-hmm. And in that, he comes and says, nope, come mm-hmm. a little closer. Yeah. And I th- I love that there can still be so much tenderness and so much grace in the walking out of a consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't rescue you from right. the consequence. Yeah. You had to tell your family. Yeah. You had to, to, to live with. Yeah. I had to be that nine-month pregnant woman That's with no right. ring on the finger. That's right. And it was not a fun time, but I absolutely think it needed to be, I mean, he used it. He, Mm -hmm. it's what needed to happen to woo me back to him, to get me to rely and depend on him. And then when, when I look back, what I got from it is so much better than the hard parts, Mm -hmm. even the worst parts, even the abusive relationship, like all of the hard parts still pale in comparison to finally getting to a place where 
no, I'm not going to push you away. I want to be near to you. I want to know your word. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Not that I still do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> not that there aren't still times when I'm like, oh, I just mm-hmm. praying is so hard and mm-hmm. I just want to rely on myself. I don't really want to have to go to you, God. I have so many other things I need to do. Yeah, but that glorious grace is very appealing. It is. Yeah. Annie uh, Mooney introduced me to Josh Garrels this weekend, who's a Christian singer, mm-hmm. and I just listened this this morning in my commute to his album, and I listened to a song called "At the Table," mm-hmm. and one of the lyrics is "There will always uh, there will always be a place for you at, at my table. Mm-hmm. Return to me." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely feel like I saw that lived out like. I definitely felt at that moment, how could you possibly want me to come back? Like, mm-hmm. it's better for you. It's better for me. We should just mm-hmm. agree to, not, you know, just stay away from one another. Like, this mm-hmm. doesn't work out for either one of us. So for him to pursue me when I felt mm-hmm. like, gosh, I mean, I just keep doing the same thing. And I keep saying, I'm not going to do it again. Just, you know, please don't let this happen or don't let that happen. And if you don't let this or that happen, then I won't ever do it again. Mm-hmm. But even in that constant coming back and saying, okay, I said I wasn't going to do it again, but I did it again. Um, even in that, he's still, there isn't a point where it's like, okay, that was one too many. Because in my mind, it kept feeling like, surely there has to be a point in which you just say, nope, that's one time too many. I'm not going to forgive mm-hmm. yet again. But even in what seemed like the worst of the worst to be, you know, a unwed pregnant mother, mm. like, surely that's the line. Like, I've crossed that. And now... No. Surely you'll be done with me now. Yeah. But even well, he in that. wouldn't be much of a show off if he didn't true. Um, if he didn't come up and show up in those mm-hmm. in in those disasters that we make. Yes. He, yes. That's, if if you if he was only showing up in, in the perfect college roommate that always did her Bible study, it's right. like wah, wah, she's mm-hmm. kinda good anyway. Yes. He's gotta come in and like steal a born playa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's gotta come in and grab you out of Bear's tattoo den. Right. Exactly. Well, it's not, like, not that that's everybody's story. Yes. I'm, ju- I'm sort of but joking. Just, but, yes. I, but I am but, saying yeah. there's some level mm-hmm. of show offery in you God <laughs> that happens in those stories yeah. of and that they end with him still saying, there's a seat here at the table yeah. for you. Yeah. Isn't there a great song called Broken Vessels? That's something like that, that thank goodness God uses broken vessels. And mm. every time I hear that song, I just cry. Cause he would so have had very many options if he didn't. Yeah. Mm, true. <laughs> That's true, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it does put the spotlight on him. Because certainly it wasn't anything I did. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. Um, I think it's just such a beautiful picture of what God does for all of his His precious children. Even when we tell ourselves over and over again, I'm not precious, I'm failing. I think that's what, what resonates with me the most is I have felt that feeling of, like, just leave me because I am not doing this. And mm-hmm. I have made the same mistake over and over and over again. And it's so ugly and I'm mm-hmm. just tired of feeling like a disappointment. So maybe if I hold you at arm's length, I won't feel this way. I won't feel like I'm constantly falling short of mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and then, and but God. Mm-hmm. But God. Yeah, so true. Well, I we're I think we're kind of running out of time, and just so thankful for you and your heart. And um, you know, you were telling me. I don't know if you said it on recording or before, but just like you had gotten something out of 
mm-hmm. some of the interviews. Yeah. And um, you wanted to come on, and you said beforehand, like, you knew this was risky, and... <laughs> um, but I think it shows that when you when you let God move, you don't walk around with the shame of the old you. Yeah. Like, that's, that's gone and buried and done, and... Um, and so I love that you're willing to share because to me that just amplifies God even more because that's yeah. it's about Him and the story that He's written for you, right. not about something wrong that we've all done. Yeah. Well, thank you, Caroline. Yeah. It was so yeah. nice it was to get great to know to you. Have you. Thank and you. now we feel like we know you too. Yes. yes. And now once again, we I, there's there's rarely a podcast that doesn't end with Laura and I saying to each other. I want to be friends with her. Yeah, I want to go to the third grade. I know together. that it usually ends with that, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, I want exactly. to be friends with yeah. you. I'm like, That's uh, good. I want to join the third grade party. Okay, good. <laughs> well, well I'm, hope, I'm hoping more of our listeners want to come on because that, if it is, is actually really fun to have somebody mm-hmm. on that yeah. has been listening and getting to know all the women at church. Yeah, it is. It's a blessing. Thank you guys well, for what y'all are doing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. We've yeah. we've loved it, and it's been yeah. fun to get to know you. I do have a sixth grader and a second grader, but I would love to come to the third grade party. <laughs> Crash it anytime you want. I will. Oh, wait, you didn't, before we before we close, what did you write down about the, about the Enneagram? Do you have a, do, do you have your number? Um, so apparently, and I have not studied this much, I just quickly tried to figure it out because I figured it might come up. Five with a six wing. Interesting. I don't really even know a lot about what that I means. know. Well, Laura <laughs> and I find all fives a mystery. So yes. that's this. This will be this will be interesting. We may have to like. So now we have to get this. to know each other better. That's right. There you go. Because, because we have to analyze you. Okay. Right. And the, because the only five yes. I know are my dad. And when I was reading the questions with my dad, and he was answering them, I, every question he'd answer, I'd go, "Really? <laughs> really? I don't know you at all." And I feel like I'm really close to my dad, but I was like, "Wow, those fives, they're elusive." <laughs> Yes. Well, you are elusive. No, well, I don't know. Not tonight. You were. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I did not there, find you. It said something about being self-protective, and in that, I could relate that yes. fives tend to be self-protective. Are you something. hermitish? I can be a little hermitish. Okay. I'm definitely an introvert, so okay. I have to work really hard to be like, hey, let's have sixty-five people over to the house for talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that might that does not out. come naturally. Yes. <laughs> but, but God. God, there you go. Well, I think you've got a little bit of a risk taker in you, an undiscovered risk taker. That's not so. six. I'd like to think so. Ha ha ha! I'm joking. It's not. The I was about to say that is not a six one. <laughs> well, thank you again. Yes, um, absolutely. You're wonderful. Yeah. And thanks for thanks for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. Bye.